0: turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Samantha Brett for Female Startup Club. Welcome back to the show. It's Dune here, your host and hype girl. Today on the show, you are in for a real treat. We are learning from Sam Brett, who is the founder of Naked Sundays. Naked Sundays is an Australian SPF brand aimed at inspiring the next generation to love and wear SPF every single day with fun, easy to use sunscreens. This is such an inspiring story, and we're going to break down her secrets to success, why she kept it anonymous for nine months what makes a brand pop, and what you need to know about regulations when building a sunscreen brand. And while I've got you here, one quick thing. I'm giving away signed copies of my book over the next two weeks. All you need to do is make a cute video on TikTok about the Female Startup Club podcast and send it to me on email at hello at and your copy will be on the way. Okay, let's get straight into this episode. This is Sam for Female Startup Club. Samantha, hi. Welcome to the Female Startup Club podcast.
4: Thanks, June. Thank you so much for having me. Sorry, it's a bit late, late here in Australia, so kid is asleep. Well, I hope. Um, <laughs> but it's a bit dark here and it's a bit cold, so I apologize.
0: I mean, no apology needed. You look great. I can see your products in the background. They look great. And I'm so excited to talk to you today and learn about this business that you have just been in a total whirlwind with. For anyone who might not know who you are yet, do you just want to give us a quick introduction to who you are, what your brand is, and what the ethos is?
4: Absolutely. So my name is Sam Brett. You may know me from um, the morning show on Channel 7. It's called Sunrise. I was a news reporter there for uh, many, many years, over seven years, and absolutely loved and adored my job of getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning, putting a full face of makeup on, and reporting the day's news. And people think it's so glamorous and it's so fun and it is amazing and exhilarating but it is also extremely challenging. You are in the bushfires or the floods or you're at a a crime scene and you really are speaking to people sometimes on the worst day of their lives and sometimes on the best day of their lives. So it's a very full-on amazing career but it is also very taxing emotionally, physically, mentally. You're for example, in the bushfires in New South Wales, I was out in the bushfires for, for days on end, no clothes, no water, no food, sleeping on the floor. Um, it just is one of those jobs that, you know, it's your whole self. Anyway, uh, whilst I was on the road and out in the sun reporting for TV um, with full face of makeup and lights in my face, I never, ever thought about sunscreen or, or putting on sunscreen. And I started to notice a couple of my colleagues having to get skin cancers cut out of their faces. And they would come to work with this big plaster across their face. And I would think, what is that? And you'd see the the cancer having been cut out. One had um, a a skin cancer cut out the top of her head, a melanoma. And so I thought, oh, gosh, am I even wearing sunscreen? Yes, I might put it on at 3 o'clock in the morning. But is it still going to be on when I'm out in the sun at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? No. Especially that most people don't know, sunscreen only lasts for 90 minutes maximum
0: oh I didn't know that
4: (laughs) exactly I don't think people realize that you know and the TGA guidelines and the FDA guidelines are top up regularly top up every at least every um, 90 minutes especially when you're out in the sun and so I started thinking well is there a product out there that I can top off top up my sunscreen over my makeup throughout the day with bright lights on my face and so I looked and Everything was white or greasy, or would take off your makeup and just wasn't conducive to a news reporter life. And I thought, well, it's not only for news reporters, other people out there might also want to wear makeup when they go to work and then take a stroll around the park at lunch if you're so lucky. And they can't top up their sunscreen. So I thought, well, maybe I can create something. And so I got to creating something. And I remember it was in the middle of the bushfires in 2019, and it was just such a taxing, emotional, Awful time, but on the flip side, outside of that, I got to work on a brand and think about colours and rainbow and lilac and and beautiful fun ingredients, and it was just such a nice world away, and I love doing that. And I really thought to myself, if I am going to create something, it's going to really have to hit for the people who are most at risk of melanoma, which I did some research, and it's actually the millennials, the eighteen to thirty five year olds the me (laughs) yeah exactly I point to myself I'm a bit over that but but um and so I really thought to myself well if we're going to change the habits early and that would be the aim of the brand if I made a brand ever the aim of the brand would be to change the habits of people really early on how am I going to do that well I'm going to have to make the branding as fun and inclusive and simple to use and understand as possible whilst being high performance and have incredible ingredients and be good for your skin. No easy feat.
0: <laughs> the unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You wanted the unicorn. So I'm interested though, like you have this crazy career, you're obviously super busy. You. It sounds like you hadn't kind of built a business before. How did you know what to do and where to start? And like, how did you kind of approach oh I'm going to start a business?
4: So the good and bad thing about me is that I never thought about it that way so I never thought okay I'm going to start a business let's write a business plan I I think I still don't have I definitely don't have a business plan but what I did think was okay here's a gap in the market how am I going to fill it how am I going to create something that is not only going to fill that gap but also really change the habits of people so my thinking was more well, I started off at Google, <laughs> how to create a sunscreen, and a lot of people say to me, "How did you?" And I, I, I research. I'm a journalist at heart, and I looked into it, and I called manufacturers, chemists, FDA, TGA specialists, and I said, "All right, how do we do this?" And I said, "I want it to be clear, glowy, 50 plus, good for your skin, not ruin your makeup, mattifying, uh, priming." All that and they're like, "What?" A sunscreen? No. <laughs> and this was, you got to remember, in 2019, there's been a bit of an explosion, which is amazing, of SPF brands mixing skin care SPF, which is where we sit in a new category. But that hadn't exploded back then. So what I was saying to these chemists was they'd never heard of it. And I said, it's got to be done. You know, we have to do this. And so it took about two years. As you say, we launched in January 2021. So it took a long time. But, yeah, back to your question, Google and, sp- and cold calling, picking up the phone and making those calls.
0: Good old Google. Don't know what we'd do without it.
4: <laughs> I was telling my five-year-old daughter that we didn't have phones or Google when I was her age and she did not believe me.
0: Yeah, I, I imagine. People just can't imagine what the world looked like without the internet and without a phone where you could just get anything at your fingertips. Crazy. I want to talk about the money piece and how you were kind of approaching money and capital in the beginning. Were you using your finance? Were you using your savings? Were you going to a a bank to get money? Obviously, anything in the beauty and the skincare industry requires high MOQs. It's expensive. It requires working capital. So I'd love to talk about the money piece of the puzzle and how you were approaching it.
4: Yes, and I exactly agree with you. And even just to do a normal skincare, it's lower MOQs, um, which is minimum quantity orders. Then, which I didn't even know. I was like, what's an MQ? Uh, minimum quantity order for your initial right now for SBF, it's double, triple what everyone else is. And the prices are double, triple. So so I remember saying to my husband in this room that I'm sitting in now, I remember coming to him with the, you know, two-paragraph business plan, which was we're launching with four products. And he did the spreadsheets and he said, all right, well, that will cost you X amount. And I said, okay, let's launch with two products. <laughs> so we pulled it down and we were going to renovate our house and do all sorts of things we had a bunch of savings and we took some money out of our mortgage and we really just scrimped and saved and I put in everything I had a full-time job and so does he and so we were just able to scrimp and save and we always knew if no one bought any sunscreen it was okay we both had really good jobs and if people did and we needed to make more we were screwed (laughs) Because we had no more money. So, and, and you know, with sales and especially with the big MOQs, even if you do sell out, it's not like you instantly see the, the, the cash coming in. So, we just either way, it, it didn't really, we, we, we just wanted to see how it would go. Honestly, we didn't, never thought it would take off like it has.
0: Were you thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to stay in my job for like a year? Or what was the kind of plan to quit your day job? There was never a plan. I'm a
4: through and through TV journalist. I'm obsessed with TV reporting. I've been doing it since I think I was like 14. And when I was a child, I just always wanted to be a news reporter. It was my thing. It is my thing. I love it to death. But there came a point in the business where it started to become so successful that it just needed my full-time attention. And I'm an all-or-nothing person. When I'm waking up at three o'clock in the morning, I'm bouncing out of bed. I'm running onto the set. I'm at the news story, I'm ringing the ministers, I'm calling the SES, like I'm there, I'm in the flood. If there's a flood in New South Wales, I was there. I was at every flood. Like it's weird for me not to be in the floods right now reporting, interviewing people that are affected. Like I'm like, where am I? Where's Sam? You know, but so I needed to put my full self into Naked Sundays once it started taking off, especially that we got an amazing retailer Mecca, as you know, in Australia, which is Australia's number one retailer. So even if you're in every other retailer, Aside from Mecca, Mecca is so much bigger than all the others. So it was just such a wonderful thing to be in there. And I really just thought this is just a once in a lifetime opportunity that I just wanted to give my, my full self. So it was a difficult moment when I decided that I was going to quit my lifelong dream of a career, but I have not looked back.
0: And, you know, it's just new challenges now, I guess. That is so cool. Congratulations, by the way, on taking that leap and leaving something that you obviously loved so much. That's obviously a big change. But gosh, how exciting! One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I want to talk about the launch and, you know, your first year in business. I read that you did something crazy like $100,000 in four weeks. You went from zero to 100. And I want to know how you did that. <laughs> uh, yes. I wonder
4: who said that. That's interesting. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the exact figures, to be honest. But um, I think we, yeah, we did a lot in the first month. We did a lot of sales and we did a lot of units and, um our minimum order value, I guess, in the industry that you constantly are looking at is extremely high because people are not coming on and buying a cream or a mist. They're buying both. They're buying a brush. They're buying a bag. They're buying the whole bundle. So we don't have to be selling tens of thousands of units to to have really good, strong sales. I'm sorry. What was your question?
0: (laughs) I just want to talk about the launch. So let's go back to the very beginning. What were you doing in the lead up to kind of pressing go, opening the website, What was your kind of marketing strategy, I guess? Great
4: question. I, being a journalist for so many years, I'm obsessed with marketing. I love marketing. I was also a beauty journalist, like, uh, I think when I was 18 and 19. So I used to go to all the beauty launches and I just loved all that. The landscape has completely changed and it's become all about influencer marketing, obviously, and social paid and social organic. So I really had to learn what that meant. Like, I say these terms to you now, like I know, but back then I'd never heard of social paid. I did not know that you could pay for ads on Instagram. I had no idea. And I remember sitting at a dinner <laughs> You're a marketer's dream. <laughs> nothing. i had never heard of it. And, and I remember sitting at a dinner and this girl said to me, you know, what I do for work is I do paid social. And then if someone clicks on your website, I can really follow them around the internet. And every time they click on a website, your brand will flash up and then they'll get an email. I'm like, what now? A what? But... Honestly, June, that was the best meeting I ever had because I had no idea about that. Zero. And now I see how important it is for brands when they're starting out. So I was speaking to someone today and it was really interesting. They explained to me that most startups within the beauty space spend so much on R&D and they they forget the marketing piece. And I feel like, as as I said to you, I cut down the number of SKUs that I launched with and instead use that towards marketing now I didn't go for the biggest baddest influences and put a lot of spend behind all that we were smart I was I felt like it was a smart tactic where I decided to go for some really small but really well-known micro influences that didn't cost an arm and a leg and I just sent them some of the products. and so the plan as as you asked your question was build the social organically I just started posting like a year in advance like photos and started building momentum that way and then seeded it out to a couple of influencers and they started posting about the brand. And so we were meant to launch on I think the end of January and by the middle of January I had to call the PR and say, we're getting so many DMs, not from people saying I want this product but from people saying I need this. So that was the myth that I created that you can spray over your makeup with SPF 50+. And I thought, oh, my gosh, these people need this.
0: We have to go. And I called the PR and she's like, okay, we're ready. And perfect time. Mid-January in Australia, it's bloody hot. (laughs) That's right. Everyone needed this product. And so we just, we launched with a
4: bang and, you know, they really say that the launch month really dictates the trajectory of the startup. And so for us it was just such a, um, it cemented the fact that there was something in what we were doing. When I say me, we, it was just me and my husband. (laughs) And he has a full-time job so he was just one eye open, you know, what's that, you know, good, looks good carry on so um and I had a really small team and I hired that girl that I met at that dinner party just to casually just to help me with paid social organic because I didn't know what that meant we didn't advertise on Google at all nothing we did a couple of Instagram ads couple of influences but it spread luckily
0: and thankfully it spread organically very quickly if you're to say to someone here's why it spread organically what's that what does that look like what, what do you think made it just so successful and so obviously you have a unique product, it didn't exist, it was amazing, but there's, there's still kind of pieces to a puzzle of why something takes off. Why do you think it did?
4: You know, I really think I had some criteria for this and I think that as a whole it didn't exist in the market and it got people excited but the things that I'm about to say are the branding was fun, different, engaging And really focused on its target market. Lilac, would you believe it, was not an in-colour back then. Now it's the number one colour. Yeah. So it was on the cusp of that millennial cool factor. So people would see it and they wouldn't know, oh, that's a millennial colour. They would think that was speaking to them emotionally. So I think the branding, the colour, the fact that it was fun, simple, and that they were doing something good for them, their skin as well. At, all at the same time, I think, made people want, and this is the whole premise of the brand now, it's making people want to share it with their friends and to share. So it becomes this thing of organically spreading because people are so excited to share it. So I jump on the Instagram, would you believe it, every day checking like what is the conversation around Naked Sundays? And the conversation I see to this day, and it's been over 18 months, is wow how cool is this how fun is it how simple how high performance and also i want to share it with you guys cuz i feel like you guys would love this too cuz it's good for your skin so it's the combination of that i think i could be wrong
0: <laughs> i love that that's so cool and yeah i mean i'm totally on board with the purple thing that's it's such a a visually striking lilac that definitely, catch, I can imagine it catching your attention when you see it in the shelves of Mecca being like, ooh, what is that? I want that.
4: Because there's no other lilac on the shelves at all.
0: Oh, really? That's so interesting. Yeah. Mm, very cool. Did I read that you spent the first however many months keeping the brand anonymous to you? Nine months. Let's talk yeah. about that. So Nine months.
4: <laughs> so um it's funny because I am not shy i am on tv every day it was um i have written multiple books i've been in the press more times than i care to count good bad the ugly all of it and so when it came to creating my own brand why wouldn't i just say hey it's me and everyone you know who knows me would buy it but i really honestly felt this is a sunscreen and a sunscreen is all about efficacy tga testing spf testing uva UVB. it's complex it's chemistry, it's chemical and or or physical or whatever it is. But you know what I'm trying to say? It's made by chemists. And I am not sitting in my kitchen mixing up sunscreens. I'm getting the best of the best at what they do. And so I can do the branding and the marketing and I can decide what products I want. But at the end of the day, the product needed to speak for itself, honestly. And I thought, if anyone's going to take this brand seriously and really believe that this works and the amount of testing that we do and regulations. I mean, I spent all day even today still to this day. Regulations and testing is just constant with this. And I love that because then it means it's a strong barrier to entry for this entire SBF industry. And you really have to work hard at it constantly. So I love that. But I really wanted that to speak for itself. So I didn't tell anyone about the founder. My PR would call me once a week and say, let's do podcasts. Let's do interviews. The magazines want to find out who you are. And I said, nope, nothing. And I didn't want people just to think that, you know, oh, she's on TV and now she's doing this. And I just really never wanted people to think that. And the good thing is by the time I decided, okay, it's time, it's me, (laughs) no one really cared. Honestly, they were all just so into the brand and the products and they, by that time, everyone knew the products worked really well, they were good for their skin, they enjoyed using them. And so I didn't, when the founder came along, like as you say, you read bits here and there and it's an interesting story but It's not helping it's it's just it's you know what I will totally stand behind this I love inspiring that's why I love to do a podcast like yours because people listening to this will go oh my gosh I don't know anything about the industry let me google let me work for a year and a half on formulations let me call up chemists you know everyone can anyone can do it so I love inspiring people. so that always upset me because I couldn't kind of tell my journey but now I can
0: so here we are (laughs) now you can I think it's so interesting and it's it's amazing because you've been able to build this brand separate to who you are and your kind of credibility in you know in TV and in people's homes that you're in every single day. And I'm thinking now like even when you go to sell it's probably in one day if you choose to sell it's like also having that little bit of separation where you built a product that was so backed by the product itself not by someone who was like the face of kind of like the celebrity brand route you know, you just have such loyalty to the products that you've built without it being you from the get-go, which I just think is so interesting as a strategy because of course you would instantly think, oh well, yeah, she's on TV. Like that's how it happened because everyone knows who she is. That's amazing. Love that. Very clever. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be clever. I just, yeah. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So how does the rest of 2021 start to play out for you? You're Doing influencer marketing, you are kind of doing your micro-influencers, you have kicked off with a huge bang after the launch and you've had that huge bang. What are you kind of doing to keep the momentum going to keep things smoothly running? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it
4: wasn't easy. I'm not going to lie. And we really quickly wanted to come out with our next products that I had told you that I was working on. And so we were able to do that. And, um, you know, there were slow burns for those ones because they weren't as buzzy and they weren't as, um, you know, the mist is so innovative that no one had ever seen it before. But then we wanted to come out with the mineral because I realized people very quickly had sensitive skin. So they all needed mineral sunscreen. And so we were able to come out with that, but it wasn't immediate that people even liked it. However good story here the overwhelming feedback was people with sensitive skin need a sensitive skin sunscreen and so I was able to bring one out and didn't do much any in fact I didn't do any marketing I didn't even send out an EDM till the day I thought oh, I'll just send out an email blast to my you know 10,000 or however many I had at the time not that many um, people that had you know signed up for our newsletter and just expected it to sell out immediately like our first Uh, launch and it didn't and um but the story goes that it is now the number one seller of ours it sold out when we launched into mecca three months worth in 24 hours it has become a complete cult product because i don't know why (laughs) i know why because the actual product itself so i'm talking about our mineral sunscreen with vegan collagen in it um all the good things it's vegan it's mineral it's natural it's 50 plus and it's got a mix of iron oxide so it blends out your entire skin so people are wearing it on those no makeup makeup days and they're like how is this so sunscreen it's so good people are wearing it out at night when they go out for dinner because it's the best primer ever due to there's watermelon extract then in there there's the vegan collagen and it just sits on the skin really beautifully um sounds good I guess the message there is if you back something and you know that there is a market for it it doesn't have to launch in the first week and make a hundred grand it doesn't have to do all that it doesn't have to have any influences onto it it it, we we had no influencer marketing for that product and I remember thinking I said to the PR why didn't we get any press on this and she's like because it's just another mineral sunscreen you know get over it I was like oh (laughs) all right well it is special and it that didn't matter because so we launched it in June, June the 1st, 2021, I remember because it was the first day of winter. And by October the 10th when we launched into Mecca, bestseller sold out three months' worth in 24 hours, still can't keep it in stock, still our bestseller. We just launched into the US, the bestseller there. Like it just, we can't keep it in stock. It's just so great. And that that's from no spend, nothing.
0: Yeah, and I think that goes to show what happens when you create a product that's truly, you know, it it truly has word of mouth inherently built into what you do. It is worth telling your girlfriend about it over WhatsApp. It's worth buying it again, and that can spread really quickly, especially with women. I feel like women love to tell their friends about a good product or some, you know, not beauty secret, but like this thing they've just discovered and they're the one to introduce it to their friends totally
4: i'm just showing it to you
0: <laughs> so it's,
4: oh it's this guy he's actually got a green lid i don't know why it's got the purple lid on but um cuz i think my daughter's been playing with my little shelf here but yeah so it's, it's, it's lilac
0: <laughs> love it okay so sunscreen as we know and as you've kind of mentioned it's a difficult industry there's barriers to break into this industry what are the kind of challenges that you're facing at the moment? And for anyone listening, whoever thinks about like getting into SPF and things like that, what do we need to know?
4: Yeah. So I think, um, so unlike normal skincare, it is classed as a medication in Australia under the TGA, which is the Therapeutic Goods Administration. And it is classed as a drug in America under the FDA. So. There are those things to think about. And when you class as either of those, there are multiple rules and things you have to write on the packaging, um, testing that needs to be done. And none of that to me, none of that is a bad thing. That's all a great thing. You want your sunscreen to work. And I want people to know that our sunscreen works. So I'm not against multiple testing constantly. We test every batch, not just every product, but every single batch that we bring out. And we have to adhere to all those rules. So that's a good thing to me. The challenge, I guess, is that recently the TGA have come out and said that under their advertising rules, there's certain things. So when you put up the podcast for your post, you should put underneath a warning, which is, it's interesting, users directed, reapply regularly, because as you say, people don't know that if it's not water resistant, you know, make sure you wear water resistant SPF, make sure you reapply when you're towel drying or swimming, don't put it in your eyes, etc. So I guess for whenever you're on social media now, you have to put that warning and that's fine. But what they've done is they've said from July the 1st, which was this week, you have to add influences into that mix, paid influences or gifted influences. Now, we don't know how many influencers we've sent products out to or who has bought them you know it's just hard to tell and what they're set what the tga now saying is they can't give a testimonial if they have been gifted or paid to use your product and promote it what is a testimonial well that's the big question what is a testimonial so A testimonial how I understand it from the TGA website is saying I love this sunscreen and I use it every day. Now where I have an issue, I am fine with rules and as part of those rules they've cracked down on vitamins. Now I am fine with the TGA cracking down on vitamin use because people say I use this vitamin, I've lost 10 kilos. I've used this vitamin, my hair's grown 10 inches. Okay, I get that. Let's not say that anymore if we're paying influencers but What about us? I mean, I'm pretty sure when we started in January 2021, sunscreen wasn't as cool as it is now. Now, I don't know if Naked Sundays had a part in that or if influencers started getting on the bandwagon or whatever. I don't even care. But the point is it has become cool and something that people want to share on social media and say that they love using to encourage other people to wear sunscreen. And not only that, but reapply, you know, and use it properly. And influencers are amazing at telling us that. So now the rules come in and the influencers are nervous and I'm upset because, not because I need influencers to promote our brand, we really don't. I'm upset because all the work that we've all done to really create a cool aspect around the SPF wearing due to influencers being able to post about it, if they can't post about it, I just feel like authentically that's just negative. I mean sunscreen saves people's lives. Let's Melanoma is the highest killer of our our, our, putting myself in your age bracket, but our age bracket, you know, it is. And melanoma is real and people are getting it cut out. Let's, let's celebrate sunscreen. I'm sorry. I just, I'm
0: really against these new rules. It's so interesting because the reality is that even if someone is a paid influencer and you pay someone to use it, Chances are that person tests the product and decides whether like they're going to like actually personally endorse it or not kind of thing there has to be some kind of like do I actually want to put my name to this so then and you know then often influencers do fall in love with their product that's how people go on to be ambassadors that's how people go on to be investors in brands like you know all this kind of thing so i'm like that's a tough that is a really tough one there's a bit of a blurred line there what's the repercussion, and how do people get essentially court if like where's the line drawn
4: yeah well as I said law came in the beginning of the week and no one really knows and how are they going to police this and where is the line drawn and I guess you know lawyers and legal experts are asking a lot of questions of the TGA and we're behind the scenes looking at rallying the government because sunscreen is such a positive thing to share and the fact that influencers are enjoying sharing sunscreen is such a great thing I would hate for that to change
0: Mm. Mm. gosh that is such a weird one thanks for sharing gosh put your disclaimer on your podcast yeah well i i haven't tried the product i i haven't seen the product so paid. i'm not like an influencer i'm not being paid this is no influencer moment here this is me trying to understand your story well let's just put that out there again tga if you're listening there's no money exchange yeah. you don't even like the
4: product <laughs> we're talking about the business process with no business plan.
0: this is business <laughs> business oh my gosh that is so bizarre i'm gonna look that up later i feel like there are people, you know, listening who are probably like, fuck, like maybe it's not sunscreen but something else that falls into these kind of regulations where people need to really consider, you know, everything and
4: it only applies to Australia so you can say you love it it if you're in the UK which you are so there you go I can pay you and send you products if you'd like um (laughs) but um and it doesn't apply in the US either because the TGA listing of the products doesn't apply in America so I don't need my TGA number on my products in the US or in the UK I need a different set of regulations there but not the TGA product
0: goodness me gosh is there anything you wish that someone told you in the beginning before you were getting started that you can share? (laughs) (laughs) Abort mission.
4: Fuck. Crack. No. Um, Honestly, I will say, guys, like for everyone listening, I have done so many great things. I wrote a book. Meghan Markle was in it. I did a book tour around the world, lived in L.A., did the whole Hollywood thing, was on E! News, like had the red carpets, Channel 7 News reporter for seven years, Best life, like best fun of everything. And (laughs) now this is gonna sound terrible. This is the hardest I've ever had, I've ever worked. This is the most of myself that I've put into anything. It is a I used to think news reporting was a 24 hour job. And it literally is, you're on air sometimes 24 hours straight. And I have been in those stories where they the story never ends. News is 24-7. This is, if there's possible, 28-7. There is no I'm a CEO and a founder now. And social media coordinator, marketing coordinator, advertising coordinator, uh, financial planner, financial. I pay all the bills. Like, never, ever, ever stops the amount of things that I do for the business. And so I am working 28 7. If that's a thing, I'm going to make it a thing. And so you really, before you start, I wish someone would have told me that. <laughs> and the other day, my husband. Would it have made a difference? What did you think this was? Yeah, my husband was like, what did you think? we were just going to swan around and, at, at events? And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> And I do go to a lot of events and, you know, the events these days are business events with cool business women. And we all talk about, and every one of them say the same thing. I was at this other founders event the other day and the events are very far in between, but they're so amazing because I get, we get to share our war stories. And, you know, we were all sitting there and I remember the other founder of amazing fashion company saying, you know, She said to me, she's the only person that's allowed to post on their Instagram and checks every post. And I said, I do that too. You know, you as a founder, sometimes you don't want to pass anything on. So would I have would it have changed anything if I would have known? I just think I would have been better equipped or mentally prepared for what it has like I didn't do anything. You know, when you're like before I had a kid, I like cleaned up the house and did the nursery. Like I didn't I didn't do anything. I just started and never realized that my life would change forever in a whole different way and you really don't have time to catch up. So maybe I would have like gone to the gym a few
0: times, <laughs> bought some clothes, like washed my hair, like, you know, things like that. So I would have time to <laughs> I think it is a common kind of misconception because especially, you know, when brands are so beautiful, they have beautiful packaging, you see the glossy Instagram, the really cool TikTok and the cool curated behind the scenes. And you think like, oh, owning a business is so glamorous, but it's bloody stressful. (laughs) What do you want to shout about? What's happening this year that you want everyone to know? So um, look, 2022 has come around
4: so quickly, hasn't it? And I feel like it's been a tough year for everyone. I really feel like I don't know if it's the same in the UK where you are, but definitely in Australia, you know, things have changed a lot. The retail landscape has changed. Beauty has changed. They're becoming saturated. Everyone's a bit nervous. Um, so what do, oh, sorry, I was going to give advice, but anyway. Well, I guess my advice you can. Is, okay, my advice is honestly and truly, don't let what's happening in the world dishearten you or, or sway you from starting your dreams. Imagine how many people said to me, absolutely do not do your sunscreen. Why would you do that? That's insane. Like imagine how many people, imagine how many people said to me when I was a celebrity reporter back in the day, how many people said to me, you can never be a hard news reporter. And I said, well, it's up to you. Like I'll prove that I can. So never, ever listen to anyone. If you feel like you have an idea and you want to do it, you just go out and do it. And I'm telling you the number of people who said you can't do this missed. And I just did it eventually with a lot of hard work you can do it. I don't really have anything to shout about about Naked Sundays because I prefer to use this time to inspire the others. So i will rather talk about you guys. So I just feel like never look at it and think, oh, look how glamorous and it's so much fun and I want to be a founder. Rather think what product or what service or what is missing from the market and how can I help that? And I felt like with my platform even though I didn't tell anyone who I was. But with my sort of news reporter background, I really knew the gap in the market and I really felt like I could make a difference there. So if anything, I I think maybe I will shout about reapply your SPF. Don't think just putting it on in the morning is going to last all day. It's not.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. I've learned that from you today right here. (laughs) And I'm going to be Well, I mean, now I'm going to have to get some mist because I am also like, how on earth would I put sunscreen back over my makeup? Crazy. So crazy. Never thought about it. Hey, it's Dune here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning
4: high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more.
2: Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to
4: quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast.